Like, okay, if this would just get better, then I'll do that. And we go through this bargaining with ourselves, trying to bargain our needs for this person. I'll give up this if I could just have you. I'll give up that if I could just have you. And I truly believe that so that we do not complicate the grief, that you should go through that process of the bargaining because you have to come to resolve on your own that it's not worth it. I cannot make you believe that. I know how this ends because eventually somebody breaks. One of the two in this problem breaks because this is an unsustainable connection. This is an unsustainable connection. So eventually somebody breaks. But in, but but before that happens, there's this grieving. There's this negotiating of your needs. You're trying to bargain with yourself, bargaining with the other person, trying to see what you can go without. And eventually you have to come to a resolve that that bargaining is not worth it. Hey, y'all. Welcome to season six of Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler, and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I help people break negative relationship cycles through shifting from insecure to secure attachment. This premiere episode is about the anxious avoidant loop. And I decided to make this episode number one, number one, number one of the season because this is what brings so many people to exploring this work in the first place. I believe that this episode is going to give you clarity. I believe you need to take notes. I believe you will need to listen to this more than once. Sit back and relax. I'll see you in the middle and I'll see you at the end. Enjoy. Hey y'all, happy Thursday. We have so much to talk about today. I'm recording this podcast live. My podcast is called Boundaries and Grace. It's on Apple, Spotify, and now it's on Amazon's Audible, which is exciting. I'm trying to get this mic in order. So um, I thought this episode, I thought I was going to make it the second episode of season six. Hey y'all, I thought I was going to make it the second episode, but actually I think after I went back over my notes, I said this needs to be the first episode of the season because it's really, really good. And this is one of the things that, um, one of the common questions that people even begin to like, one of the common questions that comes up that triggers somebody, that compels somebody to then start researching attachment styles at all. This is often a part of it, the anxious avoidant problem. Okay, so we're going to talk about four different things today. I want to talk about, uh, first I want to define for you what is the anxious type, the anxious type the uh, and the dismissive avoidant type. There are other attachment types, okay, but today we're just focusing on these two, the anxious preoccupied attachment style and the dismissive avoidant attachment style. So we're going to I'm going to tell you what those things are. I have my notes right over here. That's why I'm looking off. I'm going to tell you what the what the problem looks like, what the cycle, what the loop looks like. Um, what the problem is and why does it happen and what's the solution. Okay. So I'm really excited because I think this is going to be really good. Good morning, y'all. Welcome. Welcome. Let's do it. Okay. So first I'm going to define for you what is, I'm going to, and I'm also going to say AP and DA because it becomes a lot when I keep saying anxious, preoccupied and dismissive avoidance. So when I say AP, we're talking about the anxious type. We're going to say DA, we're talking about the dismissive type. Okay. Hey y'all. Good morning. Okay. And none of the other types today. So the uh, anxious preoccupied type, the anxious preoccupied type. In general, you are someone who is open and okay with expressing your needs, sometimes dramatically and exaggerated, even though at the time it feels real and justified. You might feel, especially after you've gone off about something, you might feel or you are perceived as being clingy or needy. You find yourself ruminating over the relationship. You are the person in the relationship that has to up, feels like you have to upkeep it, maintain it, and tune it up. Like, I want you to think about um, like an auto shop like an auto shop. I like to use cars as an example. Part of the reason I think is because it's ironic because I'm so bad with cars and I'm so good at this. And I just think it's funny that I use cars as an example because I know nothing, but um, I know a lot about this, but let's talk, let's use an auto shop as an example. Okay. Let's say the anxious preoccupied person is the one you doing it all. Like you, you imagine an auto shop run by one person, 
run by one person where you 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 checking people in, you running around with your clipboard, you got to check the people out that are on the way out the door, you're taking care of the problems, your customer service, you are the mechanic, you're doing all kinds of stuff. You're doing all kinds of stuff. You are changing the tires, you are changing, you are doing oil changes, you are under the hood, you are under the car, you are in the trunk, you're vacuuming, you're doing it all. That's what an anxious type feels like in a relationship. Like you are responsible for upkeeping it, maintaining it, and tuning it up. Um, you... You expunge your anxiety. So this is something, a lot of times like an anxious type can identify with some of the things that I've already said, but don't often identify this, that you feel like you have to expunge your anxiety. You feel discomfort in you and your idea to resolve that discomfort is to think about tentacles coming out for you. The discomfort comes and the tentacles go out. And so you're seeking someone to help you resolve that. And it's usually the object of your affection, your partner starts as a child with your parents and then you grow up and it starts to become romantic partners or even close platonic friends. Okay. So your the, the discomfort comes, the tentacles go out and you're seeking resolve. Okay. So you feel like you have to expunge your anxiety in order to resolve it. Sitting with it just feels like too much. All right. The, di- the dismissive avoidant type, the dismissive avoidant type, you are... You are, hey y'all, good morning. You are unaware of your needs, often minimize them. Look, the dismissive avoidant type, y'all are the kings and queens of this phrase. You are the kings and queens of this following phrase. I'm at peace. I'm so tired of hearing y'all say I'm at peace. Honestly, <laughs> I'm so tired of it. In my, it was in my personal life and then my professional life. I'm at of my limit. <laughs> You're not really, you know, I, I get it. I understand. Seriously. But y'all are the kings and queens of I'm at peace. As if, And I realized that you actually believe that. I realized you actually believe that by saying I'm at peace, that you actually are at peace. And that's not how that it works. But y'all are really, really, that's such a common phrase for you all. Um, I'm at peace. It, uh, like everything's fine. You minimize your dis- you minimize your needs, you minimize your discomfort. And often I, you don't register it. So I don't like it to frame it as like dismissive avoidant types are lying. Because often, they, to, to, in their mind, a dismissive avoidant, you, you, you're actually being honest. You actually believe I'm at peace or everything's fine or it's not a big deal because you're not registering your feelings. Disconnection. Pride yourselves on feeling on being independent and not a burden. That is your second second top phrase for dismissive avoidant types. You love not being a burden. You pride yourself on it. You're like, I don't want to be a problem for somebody else. I don't want to be a burden for somebody. That is top two phrases. I'm at peace. I don't want to be a burden. Um, rationalize, you rationalize rather than acknowledging the emotional aspect of problems. Okay. This often gives you the, the feeling of, and you are perceived as being superior than others because you like to, you like, my dismissive avoid types, you like to, um, you pride yourself on not being moved by others, not being influenced by others. Like you see other people reacting to people crying or being, becoming angry, becoming disappointed. And you, one of your defense mechanisms, one of your coping strategies is to be so disconnected that you are not moved at all. And so you rationalize your in your head rather than acknowledging the honest, the genuine emotional aspect of issues because sadness and disappointment, for example, are real emotions, um, not to be seen as like less valuable than being for like at peace. Now, it's not as preferred. Being sad or disappointed isn't preferred to being at peace or happy, um, It's not preferred, but the feelings are just as valuable. All feelings are just as valuable as others. We just don't prefer them all the same. And I think that that's really important to remember. And that's just sort of like a a different kind of concept like that. Although you can prefer and seek out certain types of feelings and certain types of experiences, when we devalue other feelings, um, when, when we devalue other feelings, we reject them. We have a hard time empathizing with those kinds of feelings because we see them as being inappropriate or bad or wrong. Oh my gosh, I'm about to go down a whole nother rabbit hole with that one. So, um, yeah, you are, you, 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 uh, you, you can come off as being superior than others. It gives you a sense of power. You, by dismissive avoidance, you can feel overwhelmed and or irritated by bids for more. Okay, my dismissive avoidant types can feel overwhelmed. This is important if you're when you're with one of them. They um, 
Overwhelmed by bids for more, more intimacy, more time, more affections, more words. Requests in general can be very irritating and triggering for a dismissive avoidant type. Um, I said that my anxious types, why are this, why is this happening? Okay. I said that my anxious types, you expunge your anxiety. My dismissive types, you implode with your anxiety. Both types are highly anxious, but they handle their anxiety very differently. Remember that, pin it to the wall, okay? Both types are very anxious. They just handle their anxiety very differently. So my anxious type expunges sponges their anxiety. The tentacles are coming out. They're seeking resolve. Or my dismissive type, you implode with your anxiety. You go inward. Okay. This causes you, triggers you to spiral in your mind. Okay. Rather than outward spiraling in your mind rather than outward, which is often why people don't know what's going on with you. Meanwhile, you're feeling very overwhelmed. Okay. So that, those are just the definitions. That's just the very tip. Okay. The very tip, the anxious and, and, and dismissive definition. So uh, we're about to talk about what the issue looks like, the feedback loop, the negative feedback loop. That's the, And then we're going to talk about what the problem is, why does it happen, and what the solution is. But I'm going to back out for a second. I'm going to back out for a second and give you just a couple more brief little points before we hit those other ones. All right. So this is a common relationship pattern among humans. The anxious avoided problem... That I'm about to describe is common among humans. It's genderless, okay? It doesn't matter your sexual orientation. This is a human issue. Human issue. Historically, the anxious, preoccupied type has been seen as more of the female in the relationship and the dismissive avoidant type, the male in the relationship. A lot of that is media-induced, a lot of that that idea, hey, is media induced. Whereas, like, it, what frames the woman as this like needy character that just that 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 her her purpose is to get this man right, and then the the man is is framed as this like rejecting character, the more distant character. That is not life. First of all, media is not life. Just in case you didn't get that memo yet, okay? Media is not life. And that frame is especially not life, okay, among other things that are definitely not the way that real life works. But this idea that the woman is anxious and the man is dismissive, avoidant is not real, okay? It's genderless. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation. This is a human issue where an anxious and avoidant type regard, think of them as just two robots, an anxious robot and a dismissive robot. They just find each other. The ro- It doesn't matter like what the other thing about the, the things are. It's just the fact that the anxious and the dismissive type are the, a perfectly imperfect match and they constantly find each other um, regardless of who you're with or what gender you are or not gender you are, okay? This, uh, and I see a rise in an avoidant women, honestly. A rise in avoidant women, okay? Like more anxious men and more avoidant women. And I think that that just has to be a whole other podcast, episode. But yeah, I just like to just make that make that a point um, that it's not this highly men are not all dismissive avoidant and women are not all anxious preoccupied. There are many women that are because of many different factors and some really strong pillars of history that are becoming or showing up now in their adult life. Like now you're like 32 and you're avoidant as hell. Okay. And I think we need to talk about that. I need a different pocket. Let me write it down because I can tell. I, can we tell? I can tell. It's already, it's just too much for this episode. Because I need to talk especially, especially to my dismissive avoidant women. That's a big problem. All right. All right. So many things to say about that. Okay. So, all right. Let's keep going. Um, this issue, when we're going to talk about what the loop looks like, is associated with the pursuer and the distancer. Okay. That is language that's associated with emotionally focused therapy. We're going to talk about that at the end of this podcast. Emotionally focused therapy, EFT. You can literally Google EFT therapist in your area. Okay. And these are people who are familiar with this type of attachment language, especially, okay, that use language like the pursuer, which is associated with the anxious preoccupied type and the distancer, which is associated with the dismissive avoidant type. Okay. I'm going to interchange those words like anxious preoccupied. I'm going to call through this podcast. I'll also call that person the pursuer and I'll call the dismissive avoidant type the distancer. But that language is, it comes from the, comes from the therapy. um, What's the word? The therapeutic model, is that what I want to call it? 
therapy type, whatever, we don't need to be that specific, the therapy type EFT. So in case you're interested in more of that stuff, you can Google it. Okay. Or if you want to find a therapist in your area that understands this language better than most, go for EFT. Um, or me, but somebody that knows attachment, please. Okay. Uh, part, oh, 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 last thing, last thing, last thing, last thing. You know, I like to give you, I like to give you foundation. People are like, what's the answer? How do I solve it? You need to understand things first, please. So that's why I need to, I need you to know this. Partners can, this is another common thing, the common, uh, a frequently asked question. Partners can switch roles. That's like two people. Two different situations. Door number one, door number two. Door number one is the person who comes to me that's like, okay, with Dave, I'm anxious. With Brianna, though, I find myself avoidant. And then I got back with Kelly and I was anxious again. And I'm confused why I'm switching. There's door number one. And then there's door number two where Kelly and Ashley have been in a relationship. And Kelly and Ashley find themselves, when they reflect, switching roles of the anxious one and the dismissive one. One person seems anxious during one season of the year and the other person seems avoidant during the, during the next. And they find themselves switching roles, okay? So that can happen. Um, why does it happen? Because you, I want you to think about it like this. You are in cahoots to ruin the relationship. You have made it, you have made a nonverbal agreement with this person. You have both agreed to ruin the relationship by avoiding intimacy. So when one person comes forward and is ready to like be, be close and make this thing exclusive and let's get serious and let's do all of this. And the other person's like, well, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't really know that. I mean, I'm thinking about taking this job in California. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to be here. And, um, I kind of feel like I need to do this individual work on my own. Like, I'm not really sure. I mean, I know that I've been wanting a relationship for the last like three years with you, but now that you're asking for it, I kind of feel like it's not really the right time. Like, are we really right for each other? I'm not really sure. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Okay. And then, and then the roles will reverse the, with that type. We talk about door number two. Then the roles will reverse. That person's like, you know what, Ashley, I'm really ready for a relationship. Like, I'm ready to do this. I'm not going to take that job in California. I want to be here in Atlanta with you. And Kelly, did I say Kelly and Ashley? Lord knows. The other person is like, um, I feel like I can't trust this relationship. And I feel like I'm a little bit tired of this back and forth. And I feel like we kind of need some time to just think about it now. And you just kind of keep going back and genderless, right? I use like Kelly and Ashley, but you could be Kelly and John. You could be David and Ben. You could be, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's about the, I want you to understand, don't get caught up in the things that don't matter. Understand the dynamics of this thing because it can show up however. So um, it, that can happen. Where, and so you both people are in this nonverbal unconscious agreement that we will avoid intimacy. It all, it feels like we're revolving around each other because this is too much. Just being with each other feels overwhelming. So the other will find reasons to dissolve the relationship. You keep going back and forth. Okay. Well, this is good so far. I think we're making pretty good time. So now we're going to talk about what the loop looks like and then why does it happen and what is the solution? People, if you, if you uh, have come across this in your own like Googling research, you've probably heard it, heard this described as like the anxious avoidant trap or the anxious avoidant dance. I'm so tired of it. I'm calling it the anxious avoidant problem. The anxious avoidant problem. I don't want to call it anything else but a problem. I especially don't like the dance language. And actually that's very EFT. It's very EFT, emotionally focused therapy. It's the emotion, the, the pursuer distancer dance. I'm not calling it a dance because I want you to stop. Like, I don't, I think that sets people up. Uh oh, I think it sets people up to like expect to just have to keep dancing like that till the end of time. And I want you to stop, cut the music. Like, it's not a dance. Like, this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen. This is how I work with people. Okay. Now you can go with somebody that'll, and I have to say this every once in a while, like once every other week or once a week, it happens on a free call. I'm like, you want me to enable you to be in a relationship that I know for a fact is unhealthy, that I know for a fact is going to drag you down. I know for a, I know how this thing ends. I can't, I, Taylor, I said, someone else might do it for you. Taylor cannot help you be in a relationship that is destroying you. I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. I refuse. Tell the board, tell everybody, tell Google, tell Instagram that Taylor won't do it. I'm, tur I'm turning y'all away. If you want me to help you stay in a relationship where this kind of dynamic that is sucking the life out of you, you want me to help you figure out how to stay there? Basically, you're, what you're asking me to do, and I have done it. I've done it. 
I want you want someone to help you to to learn how to basically I I, I tell tell you what it is you want you want me to help you suppress your needs so that you can accommodate your unsatisfying partner. That's what you're asking for. You want me to help you to figure out how to contort yourself so that you can fit in a space that isn't it's not big enough for you. It's always my anxious types that do it, and I did it, okay? I will not do that. When you're ready to stop the dance, cut the music, that's when you call me, okay? That's, that's where I come in. But when you, but, and this is a legitimate part of the process where you just, someone just needs to like be in it. While they're in it, they just need to talk about it. I validate that. I accept I needed that more than once. Okay, where I just need to be like, I, I'm in this thing. I'm not ready to leave it. I know that it's unhealthy, but I, I I'm not ready to make that next step. And there's an important emotional process that happens in that space where you just have to be able to hear someone reflect to you how wild it sounds that you're still in it. And that helps to move you along the uh, change timeline where it's like, okay, I'm finally now ready to do something because I've now accepted that this is not for me. But if you're not there yet, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so yeah, I don't want to call it a dance because I'm cutting the music. <laughs> it's not a dance. This is a problem that needs to be solved. Okay. So what does it look like? A push and pull dynamic, push and pull the AP, the anxious preoccupied person moves forward and the DA, the dismissive avoidant pulls away. The AP moves forward. The distance, uh, the, the distancer, Okay, because that's this was an avoidant person. They distance, they pull away. Keywords, hot, cold, inconsistent, confusing. Hot and cold, inconsistent, confusing. This is a hotbed for insecurity. This is a hotbed for insecurity. Why? Because people don't, you don't know what's going to happen next. Relationships that are unpredictable make people feel insecure because you, you don't have, you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know if what you're going to say is going to trigger your partner. You've had to figure out all these different ways to, to frame what it is that you want. So you don't set them off or make them dis trigger them to disappear or trigger them to cling. So you're doing all these things. It's a, so it makes people feel insecure because you're unable to just be yourself. You are, you are very unrelaxed. You're stressed. We're stressed in this state. So it's a hotbed for insecurity. We don't feel good about ourselves. We don't feel like our partner is fully accepting or approving of us. We question whether they really want us. And this is what, regardless of whether you're anxious or avoidant, okay, this is just insecurity on the, call you on the insecure team. If you're on the insecure team, you're just on the team. Okay. I treat everybody the same way on the insecure side. Okay. You on the insecure team, you're wearing the, this is me putting on the insecure Jersey and the goal is to flip the Jersey. Okay. But when you're on the insecure side, there are some things that are just common regardless of the attachment type. And I like to highlight those things. So both people feel like their partner is rejecting of them. Doesn't quite, um, doesn't fully approve of them, wants them to change in order to be acceptable. Okay. So people are feeling insecure. They're feeling uncertain. Okay. Both people and another reason why this is such a hotbed for insecurity, both people are exposing each other's biggest dysfunctions, dysfunctions, okay? Not biggest like characteristics. This is dysfunctional, dysfunctional. Like it's not a, it's not just a trait. It's not a quality. It's not like a personality. It's a dysfunctional way of being, okay? Just like this is not a dance. This is a problem, <laughs> okay? Please. You got to call it what it is for your own self, okay? Because otherwise, you caught up in all these euphemisms, and it's, it doesn't give you enough motivation to change. You need to just call it what it is. It's dysfunctional. All right, both people are exposing each other's biggest dysfunctionals. The AP's dysfunction, what's your dysfunction? Excessively seeks comfort outside of him or herself, expects people to be overly responsible. We had group, first reattached group of the year the Wednesday group met last night, and we were doing an exercise which helps to highlight this problem. And uh, one of the women said, when I was asking her more about why feelings were someone else, her feelings were someone else's responsibility, while she was talking it through, as we're talking it out, she was like, oh, I guess I'm entitled, huh? And I said, yeah. Yeah, this is that's a hard truth for a lot of uh, those of us that identify with that that anxious part of us that didn't identify with anxious attachment feel entitled that somebody should come in and save our feelings. Someone should come and make us feel better. You expect people to be overly responsible for your mood. Feels incomplete without a partner. What are your dysfunctions? Feels incomplete without a partner. Needs their attention, validation, 
affection and resources. Otherwise, you feel, you feel you're constantly feeling in need of something. And if you're always feeling in need of something, you're always seeking something. So again, you just can't relax, both in yourself and definitely not in a relationship. Uh, your uh, dysfunction, codependency. Uh, it's this feeling of like, without you, I can't go on. If you do not answer this question, if you don't give me assurance, tell me what's going on, I cannot go on. I need resolve. I rely on you to be calm, to be happy, to be whole, to be safe. Mm-mm-mm. Well, the DA's dysfunction, isn't this good, y'all? The DA's dysfunction, the dismissive avoidant, the distancer, what is your, what is your thing? Um, excessively seeking comfort inside of self. And this is where dismissive avoidance... Y'all be using it. We use this self-care. Oh, my God. This is a whole other podcast. So the whole self-care movement is driving me nuts. You know there's a dark side of everything. So this whole idea that, like, everything is inside of me. Trust me. If anybody gets it, I do. But we, when we relate to that dysfunctionally, we create a problem. What am I talking about? I'm talking about using that as a justification for ruining relationships, for not nourishing relationships, for avoiding relationships, any of those things, pick one, I don't care, right? When we use that justification, like, well, I, it's all about, it's me. I, I'm the only, I'm the only one that can, that, that I can only rely on myself. Self-love, self, it's the self-love thing. You've taken it so far that my dismissive avoidant types are using that as I get it, because a lot of people swing from anxious to dismissive, and then they, they take a pit stop at fearful avoidant, and then they come into security. That's the trajectory that I see. Anxious, you come to dismissive avoidant, you become you're codependent, become hyper independent, then you then you become a little bit okay with relationship, fearful avoidant, and then you and then by the time that we're done, you're secure. So we take this self love thing, like I need to love myself, everything comes from me, and then you use that as a justification for not opening up with other people, for not being vulnerable, for not building trusting bonds with others. Because you're like, well, it's, it's just me anyway. And that's a dysfunctional way that we're relating to self-love. That's a dysfunctional way that we're relating to self-improvement, my dismissive avoidant types. Okay? So excessively seeking comfort inside of self, anything that goes too far can be dysfunctional, right? Um, just like for my codependence, Lord, every time I do these podcasts, I just be go- I just be trying to tell y'all so much. Just like my codependence is love and intimacy, great, absolutely. But when we re- we relate to it dysfunctionally, when I seek it excessively from people who aren't giving it to me freely, that's a dysfunctional relationship to intimacy, where it be- where it be- I become desperate for it, and I feel I'm at a I'm at a an individual deficit when I don't have it. I feel like I cannot go on without it. Okay, so both people, I need y'all to understand. Both people got the same problems. They just relate to those problems very, or express those problems very, very differently. So my dismissive avoidance dysfunction, you excessively seek comfort inside of yourself. You don't tell people what's going on. Believe You believe that people will be unresponsive. So why say anything anyway? A lot of misperceptions there. People think that you're being secretive and things and maliciously trying to keep them away. But often it's because you're afraid that they won't be able to fulfill the needs that you do have. And often you've gone so long without expressing them that you forgot that they're there and you're not even registering them. And so, oh, God. And so at this point, it doesn't even seem like you're pushing people away because you're just because it has just become your normal to be so emotionally isolated. You're hyper independent without you feel it feels like without you, I will be just fine, unable to rely on others. You don't open up or ask for help. So uh, but especially emotionally, but you might you might do it functionally. And often you do. You're able to functionally rely on other people. So you'll get tasks done. Okay, like you can, that's why y'all can be in marriages and live with people and functionally move through life, but emotionally you're disconnected. So you can functionally move, functionally be in relationship, do the tasks of relationship, check off the boxes, but there is an emotional deficit. Ooh, y'all like that little, ooh, you felt that emotional deficit. Functionally, you're great. Relationally, it's not looking good. All right. All in all, uh, big, big dysfunction of the AP. I know. I know, y'all. I know, y'all. Come on now. I know it's good. I know it's good. And I still have a whole nother 30 minutes that I can give you of this. And we have we have some more to talk about. All right. So um, the big dysfunction. Before I say that, I'm going to tell you what we're about to do. Okay. After this, we're going to talk about the solution. 
So I'm going to give you the big dysfunctions, what both things, what, what both people are irritated about in this, in this problem together, like what this, pro, what this problem, how, how the problem manifests in relationship. Cause I just gave you the individual dysfunctions as separate people. So I'm going to tell you what it feels like when you're in relationship, the things that both people are irritated by, triggered by, and then we're going to talk about what the solution is. Oh, wow. I'm looking at my own notes like, oh, this is really good. We still have, we have even more than I thought. Um, okay, big dysfunction of my AP. You give, you give, you give too much power away in an effort to resolve things. You give too much power away in an effort to resolve, you end up compromising yourself. You give up, so it, it will be saved. You give so much power away to resolve things, you end up compromising yourself. You give away everything, including me. I'll compromise my values. I'll compromise my other relationships. I'll compromise what I need in an effort to resolve what's going on between me and the object of my affection. I love that phrase, the object of my affection. It's interesting. Like when I was um, really, really young, that phrase always stuck out to me. And then I end up doing this, the object of my affection, this person, a thing, or a person that elicits this, um, your, what some people call like your attachment system. So we become like focused on something and it can be healthy, but we can, when we relate to it dysfunctionally, that's the problem. Like when we become desperate for it or we become overly rejecting of it, of my, the object of my affection. Oh, there's a lot to say about the object of my affection and how that, oh my God, this is so good. I love talking about this. Like this is just really, really fun. All right. So you give too much power away. All right. Big dysfunction of the DA. You cut off without resolve. So my, my anxious type, you are so compelled to get resolved that you'll do anything. And then my dismissive type, your idea of getting to resolve is cutting off. And that to you feels like that's safety. Right. I need to remove myself and that feels safe. The the AP, the pursuer feels like we need to be close and that feels safe. The distancer, the dismissive avoidance says we need to move away. That feels safe. You see how this creates so many problems. Um, so my DA, your biggest function, you cut off without resolve. You believe that is the resolve. My my pursuer compromises self that you're anxious. My distancer, my avoidant, you compromise relationship. I want you all to see this. Oh my God, this is so good. This is going to change. This is going to help so many people. So the anxious type, you compromise yourself. You lean into codependency over, you overgive. My DA, distancer, you lean into independency so much that it becomes hyper-independent. That's why I call it hyper-independent. Codependent, hyper-independent. Codependent, anxious, hyper-independent, dismissive. Pursuer, distancer, okay? Even energetically, I like talking about this in terms of energy, and I don't do it often because it goes over so many people's heads, but just think of it as like poles. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Give it, think of it like poles. These things are, like they are like in a it's, it's a, it's a, it's energetically conflicting because you are so energetically, you're showing up so energetically opposite of each other. So you both attract and repel. Ooh, you, retra- you attract each other and you repel each other. So it creates a lot of, resi- it's a hotbed for insecurity and a hotbed for abusive dynamics because these are two people that say, I want you close. And at the same time, when we're close, I resent you because of the way that you are. Oh, God. Oh, my God. We're at about the halfway mark. How are you doing? Good. Good. Overwhelmed? Maybe. Well, it's a good time to catch your breath and catch the offering bucket. Yep, this is the first passing of the Cash App offering bucket of the season. First, thank you to all of you that have contributed already and shown your support of the work and your appreciation of it. Thank you. If you've not given and you would like to, and you have been consistently getting something out of the content here and or on Instagram, know that support of whatever size is appreciated. The cash app is dollar side Tay Chand, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D, and it is linked in the show notes. I'll give you a minute to do that. Thanks. Back to it. I'll be saying stuff to hear my own self like, damn, damn. Uh, codependent. 
hyper independent. You compromise, hyper independent, dismissive, distancer. You compromise relationship. My codependent compromises self. My hyper independent compromises relationship. Codependent. Oh my God. Co- this isn't even in my notes. I just feel, I feel in my heart. This is so important. Codependent. You compromise your self. For the pursuit of relationship, you overvalue relationship. You put too much into relationship that yourself shrinks, hyper-independent. You are so obsessed with yourself because you're, you feel you're the only one that's got you. So you feel you have no other cho- no, You can't trust anybody else to get you like you got you. Nobody else knows you like you know you because you won't tell anybody, but you also have had history of not being able to trust them. So why would you open up anyway? So if I'm all, I'm all I got. So I'll, I'll compromise this relationship because I am so important. I need me. And this is threatening myself. So I, I compromise relationship for the sake of myself. Both people compromise interdependency. Both people compromise. You have to stop thinking about what all the things that y'all have um, different. And I need you to think about what you have the same. Because like I said, you are team insecurity. And you need to start thinking like that and relating like that. You are team insecurity. Because y'all too often look at each other like villains. Like you're the reason why. We'll talk about that in a second. You're the reason why this. You're the re- y'all about the same problem. All right. In relationship, both people feel forced to behave in ways they don't really at their core like or are comfortable with, but it is the coping skill that they know best. And that's why the word comfortable is so tricky because I, and that's why I put it in air quotes that they're comfortable with because it's normal, but I don't like to, to give that to you in the true essence of the word. Like I don't believe because I know that you're not truly comfortable, either anxious or dismissive behaving like this because you're out of your true self. And the goal for both is to come back to your true self so we can relax in love and be interdependent together. So you're not necessarily comfortable at your core, but you are. it is normal for you to function like this. So both people feel forced to behave in ways they don't really like at their core or are comfortable with at your core, but it is the coping skill that you know best, that, I, that both know best. Okay, so both feel resentful of the other for making them do something. The AP feels that they were forced to pursue excessively. However you do, calls, texts, pop-ups, whatever your brand of pursuit is, social media lurking. Um, The AP feels they're forced to pursue excessively. And the DA feels that they are forced to withdraw excessively, like shut down, ignore, or whatever your brand of withdrawal is. Both feel that if you would just stop this, then I would stop that. So it's a stalemate. Both cannot trust each other to change. Both, did you hear it? Both cannot trust each other to change. Both cannot trust each other to change or support them. Feel that feel that this person won't support me as I naturally am. So I'm feeling what hotbed of insecurity. I'm feeling unsure of myself. I'm feeling this is unpredictable. I don't know if you really like me. I don't know if you really approve of me. So I'm insecure. It triggers people to do wild things like excessively withdraw or excessively pursue. Both cannot trust each other to change or support them. So there's not enough incentive for them to change their own self. Both, I feel I can't trust you to change or support me. I don't believe that you really love me for me. So I don't have incentive to change for you. Stalemate, stalemate. So you got both people, you know that, um, that, that little gif, gif, it's a gif, gif. Did we decide on what that is? Gif, a gif, G-I-F, a gif, a gif, a gif. A gif, you know that with the P. Diddy and the guy with the blonde hair, and I guess, what is that? Like the voice for X Factor or something. And they're looking at each other like this. And it's just going back and forth and they're looking at each other like, basically like, what's she going to do? That's what the, that's what the, that's what the anxious and the dismissive type are looking at each other like all the time. Like, so are you, are you about to, uh, are we about to do this whole intimacy thing or, and the dismissive person's like, so are we about to do this whole, like, give me some space thing or, and both people don't trust that the other one's going to do that thing. So they just stay in a stalemate. All right. For a while. Mm. This is this is what I was talking about earlier. 
When I said that I cannot enable you to do this, I get it. And I've been there more than once. Trust me, I have. But for a while, both will allow this thing to go go on. Okay, for a while, both will allow this thing to go on um, and allow things to be swept under the rug. Uh, you both know there's a problem, but you don't know how you're going to solve it. You don't know how you're go- how both people are going to get out of this thing alive, how both people are going to feel heard um, and respected equally. It feels so incompatible. I just described your last relationship to a T. Yep, 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 yep. Um, that's what I love about talking about this because a lot we when we're in it, we think that like, oh my gosh, this is so unique. This is so crazy. Like, I don't understand why this is happening. And then I start talking about it and everybody's like, me, 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 me. This is me. This is me. This is me. So it's it's just so not just you. And I love that about this because just knowing that gives people so much relief. Plus there's solutions to it. You don't have to live like this. Again, it's not a dance. Cut the music. Um, It feels so incompatible in this way. Am I right? But in so many ways, and this is what gets you. Oh, this is what gets you. In so many ways, you have great compatibility in other areas. In so many ways, you have great compatibility in other areas. So when when you're on the call, and this is how I know you're not ready, but but I understand where you're at. On the call, you'll be like, um, it's you're like because I have because you'll you'll go you'll go through a litany, a litany of things that are just totally incorrect, totally, totally unhealthy, I should say, not incorrect, unhealthy, right? And I let you, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, under, I'm understanding what's going on. I'm making sure that, you know, we're aligned and what, and what, what it is that you need and whatever. So I'm like, you know, I, and I hear so many of the same things over and over and over again, but it's cool. I need to make sure that we're on the same page, right? And that what you think the issue is, is the same thing as what I think the issue is. And then we figure out how we're going to move forward. But I hear this and this is how I know that this person is not ready. You'll say, you'll give me a whole litany of things, unhealthy things. And then you'll say, I mean, but, and then I'll say, well, why are you with uh, John? And it's like, oh my God, well, it's so great. Otherwise, like when things are good, they're good. How many times have y'all said that when things are great, they're great. I mean, I've never felt anything like this with this person. I've never had someone understand me. Let me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say just like, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the phone. Just like y'all be on the phone with me. Let me, uh uh-oh, Lord, y'all know these hoops are damn 10 feet big, 10 feet wide. Girth is large. Um, Y'all be on the phone like this. Like, so why are you with, so, so are you with John? Well, um, when it's great, it's great. Um, like, yeah, he actually just introduced me to his family. He never does that. And, um, we have so much in common. Like he shares music with me. And like when he, when he shares the music, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like we have the same taste. Like we can just be together. Like the sex is great. Oh my gosh. You never have never had better sex. And it was so wild. Cause like we had all these things in common. And then when we started, when I learned about like his past, his childhood, I was like, oh my God. We have such similar childhoods. And I was like, that is so crazy. It's so crazy. It feels like we're soulmates. Like we have such similar, such similar issues, such similar things. And then we have so much in common. We like doing the same thing. He introduced me to his family. We're planning for um, Valentine's Day. We're going up to Chateau Elan. We're doing all this stuff. But, but it's just this one thing that's, that's in the way. It's just one thing. This one, this last person that I had this conversation with, look, let me put the phone down. This last person I had this conversation with literally said this. And I get it. It's just this one small thing um, that's getting in the way. And I think that if we could just get this part solved, like we would have the best relationship. And this is where I have to tell you the truth, among many other times, okay? Where I'm like, this is not one small thing. And you know it. And you know it. This is a huge thing. Because we're talking about trust, vulnerability, bonding, security, your confidence, confidence in yourself and confidence in the other. This is a big, deep thing. But we have all of these other great experiences with this person that it makes us feel like, well, if we could just get this one, if we could just roll this pebble away, this thing is like a, it's a boulder. It's a bold, it's a, it's a boulder. It's not like this one small thing, but so the, all that other compatibility can confuse us. Okay. Um, it can feel like those other things will be enough to carry the relationship. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it feels like it's enough to carry the relationship. I know, I know that you cannot imagine better sex. I know that I know, I know you can't, I know you can't. Okay. I know it. I know you cannot imagine connecting with somebody the way that you connect with this person. I know. And that's why I have to allow you to feel this way. Cut the notes for a second. 
I have to allow you to have that. Okay, it is, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it would be inappropriate of me to say, just because I know how this ends, I'm going to go ahead and push you off the cliff now. Okay, it's, that would be totally unethical and inappropriate of me. So when you're experiencing that feeling where it's like, oh my God, I just cannot imagine, like, you have to, you have to allow your, go, go through that emotional process. Go through it, go through it, go through it. You need that. You need that. Otherwise, you'll feel like you rush to it and then you're going to try to backtrack later. You're going to try to. So I, I'm like, just let's just do the whole process at once. OK, rather than rather than coming to me and being like, just give me the solution, knowing that you are not ready to move on. OK, because that would that's going to overwhelm you, trigger you, freak you out because you have not allowed yourself to go through the process of just grieving what the relationship is, not to mention what it's going to feel like when it's over. Okay, so even though I know because this is low. Oh, let me say this, because you start to try to make it possible for yourself to go without your needs being met. That's where that's where these people are at. Right. Like when you're still you try to. That's why I say you, you, you're asking me to enable you to stay in and I won't do it. Someone will. OK, and you need that. But I can't do it because you start to try to make it possible for yourself to go without your needs being met. This is when you start to negotiate. Oh, God, you start to negotiate. With, we start. We I have done this so many times. Start to try to bargain with myself. Like, I guess I don't need this or that, or maybe I could go without that or this, and he's got that or she's got this, and maybe I could go without it. And I truly believe, I need to do, I need to write up, I need to make a podcast about this. I truly believe that that is, that bargaining, that thing about the grief cycle, oh my God, I'm, I need to write this down. This is so good. This is so good. This is so good. In the grief cycle, there's bargaining, right? Like if somebody dies, there's like this bargaining, um, like maybe with people or with God. Like if if you if you would just if 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 you just bring her back, and this and that doesn't necessarily have to be a death, but there might be um, it might be a a, a big accident or a big. Uh, big negative impact on life. Let's just say the uh, the asteroid hit and there's been an explosion and there can be a bargaining because there's some sort of loss. Like, okay, if this would just get better, then I'll do that. And we go through this bargaining with ourselves, trying to bargain our needs for this person. I, I'll give up this if I could just have you. I'll give up that if I could just have you. And I truly believe that so that we do not complicate the grief, that you should go through that process of the bargaining because you have to come to resolve on your own that it's not worth it. I cannot make you believe that. I know how this ends because eventually somebody breaks. One of the two in this problem breaks because this is an unsustainable connection. This is an unsustainable connection. So eventually somebody breaks but in, but but before that happens there's this grieving there's this negotiating of your needs you're trying to bargain with yourself bargaining with the other person trying to see what you can go without and eventually you have to come to a resolve that that bargaining is not worth it you are again compromising yourself but i cannot be the one to tell you that. i cannot inject that into your brain there so you got to go through that process and be like okay i tried i tried it all i tried it I tried to go without this. I tried to compromise this value of mine, this thing that I felt that I needed. I tried to, I tried to pull back, but I, but I realized at some point, and this is where the change point is, I realized that after all of that, after all of that, I was unsatisfied. After all of that, we still entered back into the same loop. After all of that, my partner was still not satisfied. After all of that, I still felt empty. After all of that, I still felt like there was more to do. At some point, you realize that this is a never-ending loop. It is a bottomless pit. You will keep spiraling until you decide. Until you decide, I've hit bottom. You have to decide, that's as low as I'm going to go. You have to decide, that, that I've, I've already compromised enough. You have to decide, I've done it all. I've done enough. I've done enough. And now I have to do something different. But I, I know what that feels like deeply, okay? And I do not rush someone past that process. You have to, you've got to get to that resolve, okay? And then you can truly change. Because when you try to rush it, again, you end up trying to get into the solutions and then you backtrack because you have complicated grief now because you have not truly come to resolve. You tried to rush it. You tried to rush it. 
I think a lot of times when people want to work with me, they think that I'm going to be like, when we're doing this, this is very, this is very direct. This is very like, it's a one-sided conversation, right? I'm giving, I'm giving you a bunch of information. And I think a lot of people think that, okay, we're going to start working with Taylor and she's just going to be like, do this, do that, do that, do that, do that, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's as much as I'm going to say about it. Absolutely not. Why are they this way? Why does this happen? And then what is the solution? And then we'll go. We got about 12 minutes left. Oh, yeah. And then I got to answer some questions. So why are they this way? Please stop asking yourself this question. Stop asking yourself this question. Why are they this way? Why does it happen? Please stop asking yourself, why are they this way? You usually, usually the person that's doing, unless that person is right there with you, right there with you, like, why am I this way? Why am I this way? What should we do about it? Which is not usually the case. Usually it's one person that ends up making the call, okay? That's like, um, that ends up making the call. That's like, why are they this way? What can I, what can they do? You usually care more than they are willing to work. I'm telling you, unless, unless they're like your mutual agreement, mutual and not just verbal, but I'm talking about there are really steps being taken, tangible items, tangible progress. Okay. Unless they're right there with you, wondering the same with the same level of effort to solve this problem. It's typically, it's so much more often than not one person who finds themselves caring, caring more about solving the issue now, resolving it now, um, than that other person is actually willing to work. So when you find yourself asking yourself, why are they this way? That's the time to focus on yourself because part of the problem is that you've been too focused on this other person. And that's, I mean, for goodness sake, it's time to focus on you. And I know that that, I know that that's easier said than done. Okay. And I, I honestly, I, I'm kind of tired of people saying that. Like, well, easier said than done. Duh. Duh. I mean, seriously. It's, of course, it's easier said than done. Like, that's why you have to do, like, a process. Otherwise, wouldn't everybody just fix it? Like, I mean, come on. Like, let's be real. All right. So what's the solution? Um... Couple things. Couples, if you're if you're in a relationship and that person is also in a relationship with you, now you know who y'all are. Okay. If you are in a relationship and that person is in a relationship with you, you can go to couples therapy. Okay. Go on to couples therapy focused on attachment. I do couples therapy as well. Um, couples coaching to fix this thing, fix this communicate, fix this loop. Um, it's really exciting. So um, that information is on my website. Uh, the price is on my website. Um, or So couples therapy focused on attachment or find an EFT therapist. If you're doing couples work, emotionally focused therapy. For individual therapy, you need to work on, okay? So you can take this to your therapist, okay? Write, just write this down. Write your little keywords down. Take it to your therapist. And if they can't help you, you need to leave. Seriously. I mean, this is just, I'm going to give you, these are the keys, I'm just going to give you the keys and it, it, you need to get, get with somebody that can help you to do this. Okay. If it's not me, you need to find somebody that can intimacy. Okay. Both whatever team insecure has an issue with how we relate to intimacy, fear of intimacy, a desperation for intimacy. Okay. We have to come to a place of being relaxed in intimacy where we're not so extreme about it, where we don't freak out, nor do we excessively pursue, um, trust, trusting others, trusting someone to be able to, trusting someone to be able to depend on in a healthy way. We're not talking about codependency. Okay. That's excessive dependence, but there is healthy dependence in relationship. We could call that interdependency. So working on your trust issues, vulnerability is a practice. It's a skill. Okay. You can practice that. I love helping people to do that. And part of that is for so much of that is first being able to identify what it is that you really want and what you really feel and what you really think, okay? And then being able to say it in a way where you're confident and it's also congruent, like it actually matches how you feel. And in a way where another person is more likely to be able to attune to it and really hear what it is that you're trying to say. So vulnerability is something that you can practice and learn. You can develop that, okay? And you can do that um, in individual therapy. Emotional expression, Okay, emotional expression. So not so meaning that we're coming to that place of not having to withdraw, not having to overly pursue. How do I express healthfully? But it's also congruent. That's just a key word for you. Emotion or rather what term emotional expression. 
Okay, big one. Challenging storylines, okay? So we all have storylines that go on in our mind that, that that is in our subconscious, and our subconscious is over 90% responsible for our behavior like throughout the day. And so whatever you've got going on, whatever stories you have going on back there, it's, how, it's manifesting out here. So you need to challenge your storylines. I'm not saying you know what they are today, and that's why you need to go to therapy and get someone that can help you um, identify what they are to challenge your storylines and to restructure the narrative. This is also known um, in some places as reality testing. So reality testing, reality testing, because so often we're thinking of things that aren't real, fears and threats that aren't real. So learning how to test reality to see like, okay, am I I'm safe now. How do I test that? How do I really know? Because it's reckless to just say that, just be vulnerable, just express, just be open, just trust. That's reckless. Okay. So we want to be able to have discernment, be able to identify for yourself. And you do that first with someone who understands it, who can reflect it to you. And then on your own, in your own life, you're able to identify when am I, where am I safe? What does it feel like to be safe? How can I trust? How do I know I can trust? Okay. What does a trusting relationship look like? And then here's the other, here's the other thing to bring to your therapist. Um, pattern, understanding your pattern of attachment. Who do you pick and why? What is it about you? You, you, you. So many people, you're obsessed with the other person. So you YouTube and dismissive avoidant all day. You're YouTube and anxious preoccupied all day, but you need to work. You need to think about, again, focus on yourself. What is it about you that, that attracts you to this type? What is it about you that finds it uh, challenging or intriguing to be with them? That feels like it's sexy and exciting or fun. What is it about you? Okay, bring that to your therapist. Uh, and here's another thing that you need to that you that you that, you, that you're going to have to do to fix to really fix this thing. Okay, um, understanding the role of your your inconsistent caregivers inconsistent attachment figures, same thing, inconsistent caregivers slash attachment figures, understanding that they have a big part in this thing. We talk about this in my workshop, Healing Childhood. I'm actually adding it. It's going to be on March 5th. I haven't put it up. I haven't put a link up, but you need to note it now. March 5th says a Saturday, March 5th. There's another workshop on February 5th, but March 5th, we're doing Healing Childhood again. And I'm adding this other component that is going to, it was good before, you see me, look, it was good. It was great before. What I'm adding to this, and it's free. Are you kidding me? This thing is free. What I'm adding to this one, priceless. That's why it's free. I just have it because it's, I literally could not put a price on it. Uh, that's going to be on, on Saturday, March 5th. So they got a lot to do with the inconsistent caregivers and inconsistent attachment figures. Um, three key words for working with that with your therapist, okay? Resolve. Resolve, projection, safety. Resolve, protection, safety. Resolve, protection, safety. Resolve, protection, safety. Projection, safety. Resolve, projection, projection. Resolve, projection, Safety. We needed to resolve the resentment and the anger and the issue. And some of you are in such denial. And I know it because I talk to you every day. Some of you are in such denial. I get it of um, even believing that they have something to do with it or believing that they missed something. Okay, we can talk about it, but we need to resolve those issues. Trust me, if you're on the insecure team, there is some something about this past thing that is still in the way that needs to be resolved. We need to do that. Okay. We need to stop projecting. Okay. So taking, because we, we always project when the thing is unresolved. Okay. We always project because we're trying to, we're, we're continuously perpetually trying to resolve an unresolved problem. So I project it into this. That's going to save somebody. This is going to save somebody hundreds. I would, I'm going to say thousands of dollars. I'm going to go ahead and say that if this is your first time hearing it and you have never brought this to a therapist or you have, if we have not worked together already in some capacity, this is going to save you thousands of dollars. We have ha this unresolved issue from the past and we project it because we are perpetually trying to solve that issue with other attachment figures that have now turned into our romantic partners. But at first was our parents. So we've got to we've got to stop projecting that into the present and we have to um, develop safety here now 
safety here now, safety here now, where with, with nothing else changed, with no other relationship had, with no other relationship gone. I need you, I need you, with no other under, I need you to resolve, I need you to get safe now with nothing added to you. No other person added to you, I should say that. No other person added to you that you have got to, do, you've got to formulate a safe environment, mental environment, emotional environment for yourself now because you felt unsafe before. I know you did because you're on the insecure team. You felt unsafe before and we are carrying that with us, trying to find safety in other people the way our parents or an inconsistent attachment figure were supposed to do it before. And, and now we're looking for them to save us, to give a, get us safe, not understanding that it's now my responsibility to develop that for myself. And I healthfully can expect a, a, a partner who is, it's a mutually agreed upon intimate partnership to support me in that, but I do not require them to give me that to survive, to survive. Okay. All right. Um, that's that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to answer these questions and oh my God, I'm right on time. I knew that I'm right on time. We are right in an hour. So, uh, I have a free consult call in my bio that you can use. It's a 20 minute free consult call on the phone. If you're not in the United States, it's going to be on zoom audio. Um, this is not this issue. These issues are not solved in my podcast. Okay. This is information. This is information. I cannot say it enough because every day I have to make this clear in some capacity. This is, this will, this is not solved here. Okay. They, the process, you have to go through that process. At some point you've got to stop collecting information and you've got to get brave enough to actually do something and you don't have to know what to do. You don't have to know what to do. You just have to raise your hand and say, it's, this is me. This is me. I need something. This is me. But at some point y'all have, you've got to stop collecting information. The YouTube rabbit hole is endless. The Instagram hashtags are endless. Please stop. Please stop. Um, therapist, therapist, I'm gonna say this last name. Therapists are not promising that I know that. I I, I I got in there, I got on therapists in my stories yesterday about a lot of stuff that I think therapists do wrong, but they're not doing this wrong. Therapists are not promising to solve this stuff in podcasts and Instagram captions. I know that. I see it all the time. They're not, they're not promising that. Clients are believing that they, it's a misperception on the client side. Now that's a that's a you problem. That's a y'all problem. Seriously. Okay. And again, I got in there in there. You can look at my stories. I was on therapists like it was hot okay but this is a client issue where clients are confused feel like they can just listen to a podcast or listen to an instagram live or read the captions and get it and that's not true i don't promise that i don't guarantee that, it, that i'm not i would never say that okay um so and th i don't even i don't know any therapists that that or coaches that are saying that we're constantly being like hey there's a process you gotta you gotta get into it you gotta get into it so please like don't this whole like in the instagram self-love self-help movement is only so helpful at some point it's like everything else like a bell curve there's a point at which the at the at the uh precipice of change the help stops it becomes not helpful it becomes not it, it becomes less helpful and it becomes more unhelpful where you're just collecting information that opinions and trying to uh synthesize it all in your in your own brain okay but at some point that becomes unhelpful and you're wasting your time and your mental energy when you just need to get into the process think about it like um oprah 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 obviously you know was the one that came out with everybody and said live your best life live your best life and everybody got the got the phrase best life okay and everybody wanted it just like everybody wants secure attachment everybody wants it everybody wanted best life but the problem is that people don't know how to get it. So everybody says, that's the bullseye. I want that. Secure attachment. I want that. Best life. I want that. But after you get the information, after the audience leaves that, left that studio, they were left with themselves. And they had to, rec they had to, they had, they're either going to do something with that bullseye and say, how do I get there? Or they find a way to be, satisfied with just knowing that it's out there 
And you get to choose door number one or door number two. Door number one, you heard about secure attachment and you'll just leave it as a pie in the sky abstract idea and you'll just keep collecting information. I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to keep watching Oprah. I'm going to read all the magazines. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. But then what are you doing? That's why there's always so many more people following these people or following my page than actually doing it. Okay, so door number one or door number two, fewer people. We said the 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 road, the, the basically like it's the it's the idea of the road less traveled. It's the idea of um, don't go through the broad gate, go through the narrow one. It's the idea that it's actually um, it, it, it's it's few people at the top. It's this idea that own that that there's so such a small percentage goes the extra mile. Out of all the people that are gonna light this video up, that just fucking love it, I'm gonna post clips on it, and they're gonna be like, yeah, 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 I'm sending it to everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's gonna be such a small percentage of those of you that'll actually say, I'm gonna do something. I'm actually gonna do it. Okay? Two different types of people. You you get to choose, but only one way gets 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 the result. Door number two. All right, y'all. That is the premiere thank you for listening if there's about 30 minutes of a Q&A on Instagram on the on the Instagram live tab on my profile um, if you go back into January 2022 you'll see the live podcast recording and you just fast forward the last 30 minutes there's some Q&A if you're interested this is also the second passing of the cash app offering bucket if you have not given and you've been consistently receiving from this work and you would like to show your appreciation and give back. The cash app is dollar sign Tay Chan, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D, and it's in the show notes below. If you are listening to this on the day of or the day after this is posted, know that there is a free attachment styles workshop that I'm putting on held on Zoom. It's unlimited capacity at this time. Um, there are about 150 people registered. Okay, the link is in my bio. So if you haven't done that, head to my Instagram at I am Taylor Chandler. Click the link in the bio and you will see the uh, free attachment style workshop to register for. And the link will be the Zoom link will be in your confirmation email. So that's this Saturday. It's, it's Saturday, February 5th at 1130 a.m. We're going to wrap at 2 p.m. Um, that last 30 minutes is going to be Q&A and it is Eastern time. So hope to see you there. Thanks again for being here and welcome to season six.